0: I call your attention to the 22nd Psalm, the 22nd Psalm. Today I'm going to actually handle verse 1 not only in this hour, but in the next hour as well, because what I'm going to be doing is setting the stage for verse 1, and I don't want it to be fizzled out by the time uh, we end and then have to come back next week and have it released. Put it back in our reminder. So my purpose today will be then to carry both of these uh, sermons and uh, from Psalm 22, verse 1 from uh, on this point. <clears throat> so let me read. I'd like to read actually all of the psalm in order to not only set the stage for this, but in some more reading a little bit later as we'll be looking at this particular text. As you know already, we've went through the title. We've discussed that. And uh, we're going to actually begin with verse 1 this morning. Psalm 22. To the chief musician upon Igeleth Shehar, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? art thou so far from helping me, and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou, that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were confounded not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. And they that see me laugh me to scorn, They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me. For trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have set me round. <clears throat> they gape upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them. And cast lots upon my vesture. But be not... Thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dove. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye, the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye, the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee and the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindred of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born. Then he hath done this. I mentioned a moment ago that our text this morning will be verse one. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? I think if we were to pause and think about this with any kind of serious and holy meditation, we would have to say these are very wondrous words that are written here. And not only very wondrous, but we'd also have to say they're very mysterious. And the reason for that is because these are spoken by the uh, the Lord Jesus himself. What may be of David in these words and what may be for every suffering righteous man as far as these things being referenced into them in application we do know though that these words are the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the, the cross and this fact is what I said that makes these things so wondrous and makes these words so mysterious because they are uttered by the Lord Jesus as he hung there upon the cross So as we look at verse 1, we need to recognize then that this is a, a verse that speaks of Christ and it speaks of him not in any particular situation in his life, but it's dealing with him at this point as he is hanging upon the cross there, suffering the great agonies that were heaped upon him by both man as well as God himself. I think we have mentioned before, it is one of those seven sayings, as it's often called, that are found there as Jesus hung upon the cross. Uh, There are, as I said, seven of them. And let me just read them now. I'm not going to expound upon them, but there are seven that are listed. And I think I have these in chronological order. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34 gives us the first one where he says there, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. The second is Luke 23 and verse 43. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The third one is in John chapter 19. It's found in verses 26 and 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. The fourth is in Matthew 27 and verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fifth one is in John chapter 19 and verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. The sixth is in John 19, verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And the last, the seventh, is in Luke chapter 23 and verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. So it is the fourth saying that we're actually going to open up from our text. It's found in Psalm 22 and verse 21. Now, It would be good, as I said, to kind of set the stage for which these words are found. And they're actually mentioned two times in the gospel accounts. The first one is mentioned in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 33. So if you'd like to turn there, we're going to read the setting of this from Matthew's account. So it's Matthew chapter 27 and beginning in verse 23. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released Barnabas, oh, I'm sorry. I actually started too soon, but that's okay. Barnabas, uh, unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. They stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had platted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put on his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. As And as they came out, they found a man of serene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear the cross or his cross. And when they were come into a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyedest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him, and the the scribes and elders said, He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they had heard that, Said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent from the twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake. And the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. The second time it's mentioned is found in the book of Mark, his gospel, beginning in chapter 15 and verse 22. Mark 15 and verse 22. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. When they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, he himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, and we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani, which is as being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. That's the setting then of these the passages that we're looking at. In that then we have seen in both of those that the Lord Jesus then quotes uh, from Psalm, chapter, or Psalm 22 and verse 1. And from those verses then we can see, first of all, that they have taken the Lord to the place where they were going to crucify him there outside of Jerusalem, the city, the city walls, and a place that was called Golgotha. And as it's interpreted there, it's called the place of the skull. And then you notice, secondly, they tried to give him some vinegar, which, of course, he refused. It was also mixed with gall and myrrh to drink and some wine, but he refuses all of that. The third thing is that they do crucify him. Mark tells us it's the third hour, which is about nine o'clock in the morning, they tell us. Uh, Some say this would have been about the time of what they call the uh, daily morning sacrifice. So rather than tending to that business, they were here uh, crucifying the Lord Jesus. The fourth thing we noted from those passages is that there were some of those present who sat down to watch. Now there were several who were there. We know his, his mother was there. We know John was there, the apostle We know the soldiers were there. There were the priests and the scribes and so forth. But some of that crowd just sat down so that they might view what was going to take place. The fifth thing we can note is that two thieves also were crucified alongside of him, one on one side and one on the other. The sixth thing we notice is that his first saying on the cross was listed there in the gospel we saw in chapter uh, 23 of luke or we would see where he says for other forgive them for they know not what they do and then we notice some of the other some folks who were just simply passing by as they were noticing the crucifixion they spoke some reproach against the lord jesus for being there and then lastly even we see the two or eighthly i should say we see the two thieves are mocking him as well. All of that, of course, is fulfilling what we saw in verses seven and eight of Psalm 22. All they that see me to laugh me to scorn, they shoot out the lip, they shake the head saying, "He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, let him deliver him seeing he delighted in him. So we see not only was verse 1 being fulfilled in our Lord Jesus, but there were some other passages as well that had reference unto him in this psalm. The ninth thing we see, that sometime after one of the thieves had, or both of the thieves had uh, reviled him as well, we notice that one of them is shown sovereign grace, and then we notice another saying of our Lord Jesus on the cross Where he tells them, Verily, I say unto you, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. And then the tenth thing that can be plainly seen from these passages is that from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness upon the land. In fact, it says all the land in another text of this. So this would be about from noontime till about three o'clock. In the afternoon, so the Lord Jesus has been hanging there from nine in the morning, and we are about to the point where it is now three o'clock in the afternoon, according to Luke chapter twenty-three and verse forty-four. And then at the ninth hour, or about the ninth hour, as it's listed in both of those texts, we see him crying out that which is found in our text in both Matthew twenty-seven and verse forty-six and Mark chapter fifteen, verse thirty-four. Where he says there, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that's the stage or the setting then that we find of this particular text. Now, in handling this, let me give some thoughts upon the following heads that we're going to plan to be looking at. I'll just list them, not now, but as we go through here. First of all, and this will be very quickly, is of whom is it speaking well, of course, we know this to be the Lord Jesus himself. After surveying the Gospels there, as we read some of those portions of Scripture that dealt with that, we ought to be convinced beyond a shallow of a doubt, if we do believe the Bible in any sense of the word at all, that this should be none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. We know it is David who is the one who is the penman of these passages, but David here is looking down through time about a thousand years later when Jesus Christ then was to hang there and to suffer the curse of the people as well as the curse of God himself. So it is, again, the Lord Jesus that's made reference here or who is actually speaking these very words. It's the Son of God. It's the beloved Son of God. The one who is both God and who is man in one person. We've been discussing all this as we were, remember looking in Hebrews chapter 1 here recently dealing with this fact. This is the God-man, our mediator, our redeemer, who is hanging here upon the cross, who is saying these very words of our text. So again, how wondrous then are these words? How mysterious these things are. To have someone who is God himself united to human flesh, no doubt, who is saying or giving us these words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the Lord Jesus crying out in the midst of his torments, in the midst of the horror that's being placed upon him, both by man as they have been mistreating him and reviling him, as the text says, but also by God himself. It's Jesus, the very Son of God. And rather being esteemed by the people who have crucified Him, as remember He is the only begotten Son of God of his, only, of his Father, who of course is full in grace and truth, rather they crucify Him. Instead of falling down and worshiping before Him, they sit down and they watch to see what's going to take place. And they were probably doing that in order just to mock him, not only because they probably knew they were going to be there for a great amount of time, because crucifixion was a slow, dying uh, process, wasn't something that happened immediately, that is the death of it. And so they sit down, not only to because of the length of time, but also to mock and to watch and to see what was to take place. Now this is Jesus, the one who went around doing good. The one who worked all those miracles. The ones who raised the dead. And it's they, the, those whom he worked with, that hang him upon the cross and they crucify. Him. And he became both a curse of man and as I said also of God. And Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. We read these passage or we read this word where he says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 23, was written thousands of years ago. In fact, they tell us that during when this passage was written there in Deuteronomy, that the idea of crucifixion was not even known. It wasn't something that was practiced. This was a Roman custom of putting men to death. And yet here is Moses speaking of this there in Deuteronomy, chapter 21, as well as here in Psalm 21. Now the next thing I want us to notice That it was the Son of God But notice the second thing Is that you'll see here There are three questions That are presented here in our text By Jesus himself Three questions In fact These are all of the questions In all of this psalm There are no more questions put forth These are the only ones And they're found here in verse 1 And there are three The first one is this, why hast thou forsaken me? The second is, why art thou so far from helping me? And thirdly, and from the words of my roaring. Now I want us to notice first of all from these then to whom is it being spoken to? We know who the speaker is, that's the Lord Jesus himself. But now we need to see to whom is he speaking this to? Well, we know it to be, as it says here, his God. My God, my God. But not only is it his God, we know him to be his Father. Remember we read some passages the other day as we were looking in Hebrews 1 again, how that it directed us to realize that Jesus Christ, yes, is the Son of God. And that would make him, uh, God the Father, his father. So he is both God and the Father, as those texts pointed out, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father and the God. So you see here that he prefaces his questions here with the fact and of the statement that is basically a declaration, my God, my God. Now, as far as we can tell from the narrative in the Gospels, our Lord had been silent from the sixth hour till the ninth hour. Nothing was stated, or at least nothing that we can see that was being mentioned from the Gospel accounts, that anything was spoken by our Lord for those hours, from, from noon till three, nothing was spoken. There was darkness, remember this text says, upon all the land. Now, just how much could be seen, we don't know. The text, again, doesn't tell us. Were they looking up and just simply seeing a figure up there because of the darkness and they couldn't make anything out? We don't know. Again, the text doesn't tell us. There would have been three figures, obviously, being crucified that day. Could they make them out? Now, the soldiers at least, would have had in their mind exactly what was going on. Because again, they had crucified men before. This was a Roman custom. This was a Roman tradition. This was something that they were very familiar with. They knew the ins and the outs of a crucifixion. But as they're watching today, they don't get to see it. Because there's darkness over all the land. But you know in their minds they're sitting there or standing there thinking this is what's going on. Now it's not my place here this morning to describe something of what can take place in the midst of a crucifixion. It was obviously very terrible. There was lots of anguish. Lots of sorrow. A lot of pain. And so forth. All of this the soldiers were very familiar with. But whether one could see all these terrible agonies, again, we we can't say. But great anguish must have been upon the Savior during this time, as well as the other two. Except the other two weren't going under the wrath of God at this point. But Jesus was. He had all the physical pain upon him, and then all the pain that he was suffering from his father's wrath. But when the ninth hour comes, the silence apparently is broken. And then we hear, or they hear this cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I'm going to stop here because we're out of time. And we'll pick up then with that thought, oh, I got a there. with that thought in the next hour. So may God bless that to us.